Welcome to Sojourn of Light. Let this space be your guide to traveling the bridge between spirituality and creativity. This podcast is a space for people wanting to discover more about spirituality using an individual and collective lens. We explore topics such as ancient traditions rooted in earth wisdom, holistic wellness, the divine masculine and feminine, relationships, love, legacy, entrepreneurship, and so much more. Join host Cortina Janelle on the journey to explore our sacred relationship with divinity as we take our place as leaders, growers, and designers in a sovereign society. Don't forget to like, share, and comment on this podcast wherever you listen. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello, sacred souls, star seed, and soul tribe. Welcome back to the sanctuary. If you've been along for this ride, season three, you already know what it is. We have been talking to some beautiful, magical humans from all over the world. Um, What's interesting is that I found, although I've been traveling, a lot of the conversations have been rooted um, or, you know, happening with people rooted in the Southeast and uh, also with with kind of this global worldview that we all have. And so I just want to give a little shout out to the Dirty South. I don't think we get enough love for all that we bring to the world <laughs> and uh, all the the goodness that comes um, out of our region um, and really does kind of touch different, different corners of the globe in different ways. Um, this episode, I am excited and honored to bring someone to the sanctuary to talk about and journey um, along those exact lines. Uh, this sacred sister has been doing some amazing work in the world around leadership development and coaching and just really being an illuminator um, for those who are seeking to make the world a more beautiful place and not to sound woo-woo um, or all love and light because, you know, also on this in this space, on this podcast, we talk about the shadow and the, the underbelly of the work as well. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate um, how uh, she has shown up and our journeys have gotten to connect more deeply um, over these past, uh, I think, couple, several months, almost a year coming up on. So without further ado, I want to welcome and introduce Jen Urso, coach and mentor, and uh, once again, a wonderful leader and uh, definitely a a sojourner and soul tribe to me. And I hope for those of you that are meeting Jen for the first time that you might find some resonance with her work. So with that, I want to say welcome, Jen. Thank you for being here and take us away with the first question of when did you know that your life was meant to be in service to something bigger or greater than yourself? Oh, thank you, Cortina. You are also an illuminator. When you said that, I felt my heart just like beat fast and, and big. And I appreciate mm. that word so much. And I just wanted to mm. offer that right back to you because you're doing such beautiful things in this world to spark people. And mm. I think we all need to be sparked right now. So I wanted mm. to offer that right back to you. So thank you for thank having you, me. Thank you, sister. Yeah, thank you, absolutely. thank you. Uh-huh. And I think that I've always known that I was meant to do something in service of others and in service of something that felt bigger, but I didn't know what that meant or how to do that for many years. 
And so it actually set up this conflict inside of me because I was craving a bigger vehicle to touch people, to help people. And yet I didn't know what that meant or how to go about doing that. And I wrestled with it for quite some time. And truthfully, I, I worked in financial services for over a decade. And while there are many light workers within financial services, it wasn't the right kind of work for me, yet I was going through the motions every day. And I learned a ton. I accumulated a lot of learning and skill building through those years. And yet that feeling of that, that hunger of I'm not quite in the right place, um, it kept building and building and building. And it finally came to a point in 2018 where my soul kind of stepped in and said, it's, it's time to make a change, sister. And um, it happened quickly. Um, I, I found myself resigning from my corporate career in August of 2018, packing up, getting rid of almost all my belongings and setting out into the world for a spiritual pilgrimage, which took me from one country to the next, one beautiful location to the next. And it really wide open um, mm. and through that time. I, I, I deprogrammed from so much of the conditioning that we received through corporate work. I healed. I let myself unravel in many, many ways. And on the other side of that, I found myself really understanding that my new mission, my new purpose, my new desire was to help professionals in pain, professionals who feel stuck in some way. And maybe they feel similar to how I have felt in the past, like, I'm just not quite in the right place. And I know I have all of this energy and all of this juice and all of this, this well-meaning attention, and I don't quite know how to use it. And mm -hmm. so maybe it's something like that, or maybe it's saying, I just need to tweak the way that I approach my work. Maybe I feel burnt out, whether that's burnt out by overexertion or burnt out because I'm trying to figure out what it is I really want to do in life, or I'm burnt out because I'm bored as shit and mm. I don't know <laughs> what to do with this. But there's mm. a level of, of being in pain because you're a professional and you're caught in the middle of this. I love to work. It's in my DNA and I mm. love being a professional. And yet I'm in pain for some reason. And I want to learn how to alleviate that pain so that mm. I too can bring my most joyous, most robust, most alive self to every single day. Not just the evenings and the weekends when we're not working as much but to every single moment and every single day. Oh, beautiful. I'm curious, you talked a little bit about, you know, loving to work and kind of be, being designed that way. And it makes sense to me now why it feels like we're cut from the same cloth <laughs> because as far as the story goes and as far back as I can remember, I was always ready to work. Like when I was a kid, I would pretend like I worked at the, at the cashier, um, table at the local grocery store or would like be bagging groceries or pretended like I worked in the flea market and it was just like I was always looking for work to do mm -hmm. and I find that a lot of the people um, who are kind of in my like sacred circle uh, we often have that design of just coming in pretty early knowing that there was shit that we were here to do and getting about it yeah um so I'm curious how your younger self even if you think about yourself at eight or 11 or whatever age pops into your mind how would that version of you feel about the work that you're up to now as a grown-up 
Yeah, I love that question. And I too remember being really eager to work and it wasn't about currency or money making. It was more about purpose, identity and meaning and just using all of this energy that I came into the world with in a way that felt really meaningful and good. And so at a young age, I remember also trying to do things, um, you know, whether it's, it's small little things like lemonade stands or car washes or, or things like that. Or, you know, I remember asking my parents, can I get a job? Can I finally get a job? And they're like, no, no, not yet. You know, like grow up a bit and just cherish this time. But I was always eager for it. And so I, I, I see what you're saying. There is definitely a parallel in that. And I, I find that I also attract a lot of doers as well. It's, it's, a, it's a challenge and an opportunity for us to use it meaningfully and also to balance it out with restoration and rejuvenation and understanding that we don't always have to be doing to be. Yes, yes. Uh, to, uh, yeah, to go back to my child self, I think that my younger self would feel really relieved and really fulfilled. And there's a sense of, ah, now you know. Now you're doing what you were meant to be doing all along. And it's not to say that all the experiences I've had up until this point weren't the right thing. There were elements that I, of the right thing, right? I was building skills. I was learning lessons. I was making connections. I was cultivating my network. I was learning how to navigate the corporate arena so that I could help my clients find more peace and freedom within their nine to five and beyond. All of that was meaningful and exactly where I was meant to be at that time. And yet there was something bigger that I was meant to be doing, which I think I had stepped into and really building my own business and attracting clients and serving clients who want to continue working for a long time. Many of my clients are like, retirement, what's that? Don't want it, right? Like I love to work and I want to do this all day long for as long mm -hmm. as I can. And that's okay because it comes back to this, this fulfillment purpose and using that energy in a meaningful way to, to, who we are and what we want to be doing. I think my child self would feel very fulfilled, very relieved that I'm in this place. Yes, absolutely. And I think you touch on something so important there too, um, that we've talked about as well. And it's finding the meaning in the doing, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to doing just for the sake of, mm -hmm. of being busy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's been a big, um, life lesson for me. Um, and uh, I think that's also kind of shared amongst those of us that are doing and also wanting to do with with this more of a spirit led approach or like really connecting and creating from the soul. Um, and I'm curious, you know, for you and, and recognizing that that takes a level of being able to develop, you know, healthy boundaries and an inner authority and a real clarity about the direction in which you want to be moving and the ways in which you don't want to be maybe working or just busy because my doing now for me, you know, looks like creating and taking time to go on walks or find those times and moments for spirit throughout my day. And that's also required me to let go of some of my old beliefs or old ways of being. And I know that for a lot of us, that's also true. I'm curious for your journey, where have you maybe had to make sacrifices or pivot in order to design your life as it is now? And, and what kept you moving forward? Mm -hmm. I think that candidly, a big sacrifice I've had to make is financially. Mm -hmm. So I walked away from um, a vice president career with a, a stable and um, lucrative 
compensation and I didn't always on the other side of that and to be really clear if that woman's listening I do not recommend that everyone quit their job and go on their own journey and, and just see what happens on the other side I actually recommend that people are a little more strategic and methodical about a big change like that which is one of the things that I help people do however it was a sacrifice to me to say I no longer choose the safety net of my compensation and healthcare in mm. order to have this time for myself, which I feel is going to break me in a good way so that I can come out on the other side and serve people in a new capacity. I mm. wasn't ready for that. And so leaving that behind was what I had to do, wanted to do, should have done. And yet it is uh, deeply unsettling and uncomfortable to be an entrepreneur and to be riding this wave of uncertainty around uh, money and clients. And mm -hmm. it has, but it has taught me a whole new set of skills around trust and using that trust every single day and to be fluid and flexible and always evolving mm. and trusting that um, the money is, is also energy. That's all, it's all coming together. It was a sacrifice initially not to have that certainty of a, um, a certain compensation. And yet it has taught me that trust is one of the biggest elements in this. And so it has given me more than I think I've ever expected. Hmm. Yes, I love that. The trust and the faith truly, truly is such a big part of the path as an entrepreneur. And I think that also links to another thread that really comes up a lot here for us in our conversations, which is around, you know, recognizing that entrepreneurship is uh, is creative process. It, it is infused with creativity and that, you know, here at Sojourn of Light, I also hold a belief that creativity in of itself is a spiritual cooperative act with the divine. Mm -hmm. um, and so therefore business itself, if we chose to look at it that way, does have a sort of spiritual aspect to it as well, whether or not we choose to nurture and cultivate that meaning and understanding um, remains to be seen. But I think because a lot of businesses, organizations and institutions haven't been paying attention to the spirit or the soul of the entity that they're creating, really, because um, that's what we're doing as we're creating businesses, projects, organizations, schools, etc. Um, that's, to me, in my mind, one of the main reasons why these these things are so challenging and inequitable and imbalanced, because we can't just look at things from a logical intellectual standpoint. You know, we have to really dig into the spiritual, um, the mental, the emotional and the physical. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that that comes through really strong and just wanted to lift that up and reflect that out into the airwaves. I'm curious for you, what, what does creativity mean and how do you feel like you express your own div divinity through your work? Mm -hmm. I agree with everything you just said. First of all, I think that is a missed opportunity for businesses not to recognize, encourage, promote, teach the spirituality of business. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if each one of us came to our work with a mindset and a behavior system that said, I am bringing the deepest parts of myself into my work, regardless of what the job is, you don't have to run your own business to feel this way. You can yep. work in any capacity. That's right. I think there would be so much more meaning and purpose and happiness and fulfillment 
And I think that we're just, we have to move away from this logic-based society, especially in business, Mm -hmm. to open the door for a more rich, emotional, spiritual conversation as well. And logic also has a place in it. They all do. It's this Mm -hmm. merging of all of that. So yeah, I hope that we do continue to move towards this path of bringing in more of our essence, our deepest parts of ourselves, into the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And the way that I think I do that is um, each person, so each client that I have, I really get to know them on the deepest levels because I want them to get to know themselves on their deepest levels. Only then can you see what I really want to be doing in this world and how to unblock themselves on the pain that they might be feeling around work and life because everything is interconnected. The way that we work is the way that we live. It's not separate. And so when you're feeling stuck at work, when you're feeling bored, when you're feeling like you're in a toxic environment, when you're feeling like you're not challenged enough, when you're feeling any sort of pain points around your quote nine to five, because no one works nine to five anymore, but we'll just call it that, um, that infiltrates every part of your life. And so when we think about creativity, and bringing it into work, I think it starts with understanding who we are, the deepest parts of ourselves, and allowing those parts to have a voice in our in our entire life, but especially within our work self. Mm-hmm. And a couple of small things that I do to make sure that I'm staying grounded to those parts um, is meditation, which is super important to me. It's part of my morning practice. Whether it's five minutes or 30 minutes or, or longer, it, it's just it centers and connects me to everything outside of myself. And I also do it with every single one of my clients. So at the beginning of our meetings, I take just probably 60 seconds to walk them through a breathwork practice, a meditation practice and visualization to clear their minds, clear their hearts and clear their spaces. Um, I think we're all racing from one thing to the next, meeting to meeting, project to project. And so building in even one minute of quiet time to let our heart rate come down to regulate the nervous system and also to open into a conversation in a more mindful way. These are all little things that we do to make sure the the deepest parts of ourselves and the most creative parts of ourselves are able to come through. Mm-hmm. Yes, I hold to that. Mm-hmm. And since we're journeying and talking a bit about your work and how that shows up in the world, I know we've gotten to talk a little bit about, and, and I've gotten to con- I would say I almost wanted to say contribute. I would say participate <laughs> because uh, I had to kind of shift my plan to be involved mm-hmm. as I was traveling. But your work with the work group, um, Beautiful Work Lives, yeah. um, that came out of some original conversations that we had um, around a House of Beautiful Business and just this way of working and moving through the world um, that does kind of bring more of this holistic uh, worldview. I would say like doing the inner and external work is, is really important. Um, not just the external pieces, right? Like the cash flow, the business plan, the logical mm-hmm. side, as you said, but also really understanding the why, because that at the end of the day is going to keep us going long beyond being able to balance our projection sheet. Um, and so that being said, I'm curious you know, what are some of the ways that you, that you would say your work is authentic and unique to others in your field? And I would also name here that, you know, we're, words right now in the English language to describe what it is that we do and what we're up to are limited. Mm-hmm. So, so we're iterating this all the time. Um, you know, but I also understand, 
you know, from a technical standpoint, sometimes it's helpful for people to kind of understand which sort of intersections you're working at. And so what I would say from my observation is kind of this uh, intersection of leadership development, um, like life coaching, Mm -hmm. uh, systems analysis. Um, So like, and that, that might even be like project management or strategic planning, you know? So I'm curious of like some of those things, some of those intersections that you work at that you could speak to and what, what rituals, practices, tools, um, et cetera, make your, your work unique and authentic? Okay, great question. So I'll touch upon the beautiful Work Lives working group first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and P.S., uh, we loved your participation and we know that you're always a supporter and your energy helped us immediately. So there's that I wanted to say. And oh, thank so you. you're welcome. The Beautiful Work Lives Working Group is a collective of 10 professionals that are around the globe. And we share an ethos of wanting to contribute to a way of working that is more inspiring, more healing, and more human-centric. Mm. And our focus right now is um, we have a, a survey that is out and we're putting together a workshop for teams and organizations that is really founded upon what is important to global professionals today and understanding the main drivers or values that they say help create a beautiful work life for them. And so there's seven main drivers that were identified in 2021 and we're validating those this year, um, if anyone's interested, you can find that at beautifulworklives.com. It houses the seven ingredients and it also has some exercises for reflection so listeners can walk through that and see if they uh, connect or do not connect with the drivers that other global professionals say are super important to, to them today in what makes or constitutes a beautiful work life. So I think that that does um, differentiate me some you know this emphasis on can work be beautiful which people have uh, some some strong opinions around they hear the word beauty and work being put together mm-hmm. and I think that um, our, our, our mission here is just to spark that thought within someone can work feel beautiful how does it feel beautiful for you right now how does it not feel beautiful for you right now can you give yourself permission to say, I deserve to have beauty within my, my work life? And what do I need to change in order to get there? And again, mm-hmm. oftentimes it doesn't require this big macro change. It doesn't mean quit your job. And sometimes it does. Absolutely. Sometimes it 100% means that and you should do that. And mm-hmm. oftentimes what it means is understanding where the stickiness is, where it doesn't feel good, where mm-hmm. it's causing you pain, where there's an opportunity for more freedom more balance, more boundaries, more Mm -hmm. values, personal values to be brought into what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And then making some tweaks and making some changes to make sure that you're doing it. Oftentimes we look to other people to say, do I have permission to do this or not? Whereas most of the time our inner authority is telling us there's a change and we can bring it to other people. We can bring it to our bosses, our colleagues, our teams. And more times than not, they're probably struggling with some of the same things or they're willing to help you bend what doesn't feel good so that you can go from a work experience that feels bearable to one that mm. actually feels beautiful. Mm. Oof. Oof. Wow. I love everything about what you just dropped <laughs> in this space. Thank you. 
Because that's exactly, I think, the goal for a lot of us right now. We often don't really know um, sort of the limitations or the boundaries until we test them of being able to have those conversations about shift and change. And certainly a lot has changed about a lot of workplaces and the ways that we've worked over the past two years. And uh, I'm also, you know, observing and noticing with clients or folks that I'm talking to as things have opened back up recently and people are traveling and more mobile and in physical proximity again, there's a little bit of this disorientation where it's like, okay, well, how do like, how do I do this again? How do I do what I was doing before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's like things are not the same, but a lot of people have been so eager and ready for things to just go back. So the way that they were, because let's be real, change can sometimes be scary. Um, and, 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 or change can also involve grief or some sadness or, you know, just, a recognition of your connection, attachment, love for what was before, whether it was a job, a, a, a house, a place that you lived, a relationship, whatever it might have been, on some level, there is not one of us on this planet that could say there's not something that we've not had to grieve over the past two years. Um, and so, yeah, I think that it gives us this opportunity also to redesign And so I I think that what you're bringing into the conversation is so timely because we also have to own, again, that inner authority that you you spoke of, that we can choose the design. Um, And what I would like to add to that is at any moment when you feel like your inner authority is not being welcomed or celebrated, practice what is known in the facilitation world as law of two feet. You can always vote with your two feet, meaning mm-hmm. if something does not work for you, if something does not resonate with you, if something does not align with you, the way that you can impart change um, or catalyze something shifting is just by voting with your feet and choosing to go in a different direction. Yes. That will, of course, look look different for everyone. Um, but if we're to embrace this this idea and these principles that Beautiful Work Lives, I think, is founded upon, um, we have to absolutely uh, welcome our authority and also being willing to be accountable for ourselves and not looking for a a workplace or another environment to give us that sense of stability. Um, And as you mentioned earlier, not everybody's going to be on the entrepreneurship journey. Mm -hmm. Some of the people tuning in, listening to this, or, you know, however this, these messages come across for folks, like you might be an entrepreneur, meaning you might want to innovate inside of a space working with with or for someone else and that's okay too um but at the end of the day we do all have to be sort of responsible for ourselves because we can't really point the finger externally about the conditions of our lives if we're also so willing to give our power away and tell somebody else to decide on our behalf yes Um, yes sister yes I, I just have to say that everything you said, I'm like a huge hell yes to. Mm-hmm. And, and can I add that I often Please. ask people, what would the most badass version of yourself want? And in this scenario, I'm saying badass as an acronym of bold, audacious, determined and dreamy, accountable, uh, a essential and strategic, 
Mm. And I say that as I wanted to put the accountability factor in that because we do have to hold ourselves accountable. If we need something, no one else is going to create that change for us. We have to go get yeah. it. Yeah. However, I also think that community and support is super essential when we're thinking about making changes. We need to be held. We need a container. We need friends. We need lovers. We need coaches. We need mentors. We need people. We need to help each other, and we also must help ourselves. Yes, I hope completely. Ooh. At the end of your life, what do you hope people will say about you? What will your legacy be? Mm-hmm. I hope that people will say that I gave them courage and permission to be their most badass self and to make the changes that they've been hungry for that they didn't think they should or could make. Regardless of where we're at in life, we all seek more freedom, more pleasure, more balance. And I think that at the end of the day, that's what we're really longing for. And more love, more love inside of our everyday experience. I go back to this notion around work because the way that we work is the way that we live. And Mm. I think that when we can say, yes, I want pleasure, I want balance, I want love, I want sensuality in my connection to life, including my work, there is something so big and so beautiful about that. And the way that you exist literally changes when you give yourself permission to go out and do the things that you want, whether it's something small or something big. I hope that I give people the inspiration, the courage, the answers, and the action to make these changes that they can feel like their biggest, most badass version of themselves. Woo! Snaps! I have, I've never snapped on the podcast, but I've got to give you snaps. And honestly, I was going to, I was going to do the popcorn definition round um, of how you define abundance, wealth, and prosperity. But I honestly feel like I heard it. Would you add anything differently to that question? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I heard it. Oh, it's so wild to me how quickly this time goes. I have so enjoyed having you here as a guest in the sanctuary. Please come back anytime. The door is always open here at House of Soleil, literally, figuratively. Um, Before we wrap, uh, please, Jen, tell us where we can find more of your work um, or what you're up to in the world. Yeah, sure. Thank you for asking that. Um, You can... Go to my website, which is under construction. And depending when this drops, you may or may not see it. And I just want to be really honest about that. So my website is undergoing a big revamp, but it'll be up soon. And it's Jen Urso, J-E-N-N-U-R-S-O.com. And then you can find me on LinkedIn under Jen Urso as well. And Instagram, Jen Urso Co. So C-O at the end of Jen Urso. I would love to see you a part of my community. Please reach out to me through any of those channels. I would love to have a conversation with you and love to hear what you're up to in the world as well. Amazing. So please feel free, everyone, uh, check out the show notes for all of those links that Jen mentioned, as well as the one for Beautiful Work Lives. It's been a true pleasure and honor, as always, to see all of you, feel all of you, connect with all of you here. I hope that you'll join us for our next edition of Sojourner of Light. For now, I've been your facilitator, Cortina Janelle, talking to Jen Urso today. 
thank you so much, Jen, and uh, much love to you on the journey of continuous badassery that you are on, my dear. Thank you so much, and much love to you, Cortina, and to all of your listeners as well. You've been listening to Sojourner of Light with me, your host, Cortina Janelle. As I send this message and this episode and this space back up into the light, as we open up our circle back out into the outer world and take the seeds that were collected from these messages and these downloads and insights here in this space today, my hope and my intention is that our seeds get planted in fertile ground. I invite the conversation to continue over on our Instagram page, on LinkedIn, on the YouTube channel, or anywhere where you might find House of Soleil or me with my work as Cortina Janelle. You can send me an email at journey at houseofsoleil.org if you or someone you know has a story to share or a sanctuary I should broadcast from in season three here in 2022 as I am making my digital nomadic journey around the world, seeking out sanctuary and building community along the way. I also invite you, if you feel so called and so moved, to support our earth service work and our collective liberation work over at House of Soleil by making a donation through Cash App or PayPal. All of this information can be found in the description box of this episode and also in our link tree, which is linktree slash the house of Soleil. Thank you again for being here today. May we go onward in fruitfulness and abundance, more light, more love in the world. Until next we meet, Ashe.